so lovely to see you, and it's so great to be here. And um, yeah, my name is Raul, and uh, uh, by that name you can gather right away that I'm not from here. Um, uh, we are from Spain, actually from Gran Canaria. Have you ever been in Gran Canaria? Oh yeah, beautiful place, right? We are from there. So um, uh, yeah, Abby, hello Abby, and uh, you know we love each other very much. Okay, just in case. All right, um, it just happens to be that she sat there. Uh, <laughs> oops. Um, so we we uh, we felt that the Lord calling us out of our home place and. Uh, uh, where we were uh, uh, to, to come over to United Kingdom uh, 17 years ago. Uh, 16 of those, as Peter has said, we have been in, in Northern Ireland. And uh, yeah, the Lord has been gracious to us. He's been amazing. And uh, we are so ever uh, um, grateful for what he has done in our lives. And, and here we are today. A year ago, uh, the Lord uh, called us to come down to Cornwall. Come on, what better place to be, you know? So, uh, so here we are, not knowing what was ahead of us. Uh, yeah, uh, here we are today. The, the, the truth is, about eight years ago, we came to visit you guys. Uh, you may not remember that, but you were in the school. And uh, so that was the first time ever that we walked in Cornwall. And uh, not knowing that eight years later, we were going to be here serving at the Lord in Helston. So it's just been amazing. So yeah, it's good. Thank you. That's brilliant. I'm going to pray for you in, um, and then um, I'm going to ask Roger just to come on up and, and he's going to, uh, to, to share with us uh, from God's word. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for Raul and Abby. I want to thank you for the way in which you've been at work in their lives over many years. I want to thank you for the way in which they can look and see your faithfulness and your goodness. I want to thank you for the call and the purpose that you have for them now here in Cornwall. And I want to thank you for the word that you've put on his heart specifically for us today. And just I pray that you would come, you would fill him with your spirit, that you would anoint him, equip him, empower him. And that as he speaks, Lord, that you would be speaking a now word into each and every one of our hearts and lives. That this morning would be a powerful time where you are at work to bring about transformation for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we do things that are slightly differently today. Raul has told me what he's speaking on. He's going to be speaking on um, Daniel chapter 6. Um, so you, if you want to look that up, you can do. And I'm just going to ask Roger to come on up and, uh, and he's going to read Daniel 6 for us um, as we get started. Hasn't got a Bible. It's a good start. Oh, can we grab mine? It's, uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, uh, set it up. Have you got a large print one? <laughs> I'll have to do this. Here you go. Lovely. Thank you. Okay, so Daniel. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy 
and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered, in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being, except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. Now when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done anything, any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. And then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. 
He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I love it. There is something about Daniel, right? There is something about him that speaks volumes of the man. Um, uh, if uh, I mean, it is it is clear by uh, by by what we have read that his life, um, uh, you know, made an impact of those around him. I mean, if you if you know something about Daniel, you know he's uh, you know during his lifetime in Babylon, you will come very very um, very soon. You will come to know that you know wherever he went, you know uh, you knew he was there. And every man and every woman, every person that came in touch with him, had, had some, some contact with him, it came away definitely some way, somehow changed and influenced by this man, uh, Daniel. And he was an outstanding man with very, very clear principles. Uh, we could say, uh, to, to some extent, Daniel was different. Okay? Daniel was different. I will even dare to say that Daniel was perhaps eccentric, if I can use that word. He was definitely, he was different. Now, when I was, when I, when, when I say different or eccentric, uh, I, uh, I'm not meaning this different. Can we play the video, please? Here we go. Should come. La mer qu'on voit danser le long du golfe clair a des reflets d'argent. La mer bergère d'azur. Voyez, près des étangs, ces grands roseaux mouillés. Voyez, ces bois de blanc et ces maisons rouillées. La mer. Les aberrassés de long du golfelet et d'une chanson d'amour, la mer a percé pour la vie de Different, isn't it? I mean, that is uh, being different, eccentric, but not 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 that much. I mean, I'm not I'm not meaning that. And much. What I mean by Daniel being different is that his faith was centered in, in the reality beyond the immediate. His faith was centered somewhere else. What do I mean? He was, his faith was rooted in God. In the creator of everything. His faith was not in this world. Yes, he was in Babylon. He was engaged with the life in Babylon. He was engaged with the affairs in Babylon. 
open to hear what the culture around him had to say. But he was not centered there. His life was not centered where he was. It was centered somewhere else in heaven. In eternity with God. It was beyond time. It was beyond the immediate. It was beyond what he could see or experience. Beyond anything. I mean, beyond anything that the, the culture around him will, will throw at him his faith or his vision. His life was centered in the very character of God. And, the, and this is the reason why Daniel came under fire. This is the reason why people turn against him. His way of living actually exposed the hearts of those around him. And they were not, they were not happy with that. Because he, who he was exposed what, was, what, what it was inside of the people around them. And that is why he came under fire. Daniel, in a sense, is the perfect example of when people, good people, do come under fire. And yet, uh, he was able uh, to thrive in an environment like that. When we hear, uh, when we hear, when we read about people like Daniel, someone that really, uh, that, that, that was, that, 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 that thrived in, in, in Babylon, that went through everything that we, that we go, experienced the same pain that we experience, had perhaps the same experiences that we uh, experience today. Well, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I get challenged. I get challenged but, but by someone like that. That was able to thrive in a world like that. It challenged me to see life from a different perspective. But also encouraged me to see that the life that we have in Christ is a life worthwhile living for. It is. And, and that is why I'm so, I'm so passionate about this life in Christ. And that is why Daniel is such an excellent example for us uh, today and the truth is the same God that was with Daniel is with us today. Amen. The same God that helped Daniel through his life in Babylon is with you today. So the same God that took Daniel out of the uh, uh, lion's den is the same God that is walking with you, and it is for you today. And He is here with us this morning. So yes, I dare to say that we are called to be eccentric like Daniel. We really are. We are called to live a, a, a different in this world. When it comes to live for Christ, where we are, where you are, we are called to be like Daniel. A life that holds out a hope that is beyond this world. It comes from outside. It comes from another world. The possibility of a different way. The way of Christ. Yes, we are called to be here. To be here and to be now in this, in this world. We are called to have a present where we are. We are called to be, a, a, to be an impact in the lives of those who are around us. Whatever you move, whatever I move, that is where we are called. To be an expression of the love of God, wherever we are. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is that we are called to live in the creation, but be centered in the creator. We are called to live in the creation, but center in the creator. Why? Because it's in him and in him alone where my hope is found. That's it. It's in him and in him alone where my hope is found. Where the strength that I need when I, weary, when I am weary is found. 
When, they, when I need the help and I need wisdom and I need the security to know that I am loved and I know who I am is found in Him and in Him alone. That is why my life needs to be centered in Him. Now we begin this chapter 6 of Daniel with him in a new leadership position, if you like. He has a step up into a new place in the kingdom of, uh, of uh, Babylon. Uh, we know that uh, uh, in chapter 5, if you know the history of, uh, of the whole Babylonian kingdom, uh, uh, the, the, the Babylonian empire came to an end. In chapter 5, we close one chapter, actually, of, the, of one entire empire, the, 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 the Babylonian um, empire. And, and just to point out, I'm not going to... And I'm not going to speak about that at all. But just to, to bring some perspective, uh, chapter 6 is actually the uh, fulfillment or the beginning of the fulfillment of that dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in chapter 2, if you know uh, some of Daniel. This is actually the beginning of, of that fulfillment, that dream when he saw that big uh, image that was uh, made of different materials. We have gold and then we have silver and so on and so forth. This is... Gold coming to an end and silver beginning to take place in the history of humanity. Why am I in saying this? Because it is, it is just for a moment, it's worth it to know that God is involved in the history of humanity. It is good to remember that God fulfills His Word. He's not aloof somewhere. He's not out somewhere just not, not paying attention to what is going on. No, he is involved in the history of humanity. He is involved in the history of the world. He is involved in your life. He is involved in my life. He's not removed from it. He is really involved and he knows what is taking place on this earth. So two things that I really love about these just few verses at the beginning. And it is this. Number one, that God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Oh, you look to me like, really? Yeah, God can be trusted. <laughs> God, I said again, God can be trusted. So therefore, I can place my hope in Him. He's not a man that He should lie. He's not a man that will change His mind. He's not a man that says something and then does something different. No, no. What He says, He will fulfill. So He can be trusted. And secondly, that is exactly what it is. He fulfills His promises. He fulfilled His promises in your life and in my life. So He will do what He say He will do. Amen. That is why we can trust Him. What a great reminder that God is interested in every single detail of my life and your life. Everything. Everything. Nothing is out of His sight. Nothing. And even those things that seem to be out of control is not out of his control because he is in control. Now, over 60 years have passed since Daniel and his friends came to be in Babylon. Remember, as a, as a, a young child, he came, he was captive, he was taken away from his family. So he came, they, they brought him as an exile into Babylon. So we are, we are, we are saying that Daniel is about, about 80 years old at this point. I mean, he's a grown man now. You know, 80 years old, he, he, was, he was at that age. And it's at this point in his life that Daniel is promoted to the highest position that you could ever think in a kingdom like Babylon. 
He was actually, he became what we will consider today a prime minister. I mean, that is high up, right? I mean, he was second in command, basically. He was, he was the man after the king. I mean, imagine the power that this man carried with him. Imagine the influence that he had. I mean, what a position. I mean, could you ever dream to be in that position yourself, a prime minister? Maybe someone here in this room will be. I don't know. Maybe that is prophetic. I don't know. But, but, who, but that is where he was. He became a prime minister. And, 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 and that is something that it really speaks of, of, of me because, uh, I mean, to me, because God uses everything and every place in which he places you to bring influence in the atmosphere where you move. Right? No matter where it is. Which speaks again that God is in control of everything. And just as I'm thinking about this, just let me pause for a moment. What an an example Daniel brings to us. And that for those who have known the love of God, the, the depth of the love of God, the height of the love of God, the width of the love of God, You and I have a story to tell. You and I have a story to tell. Your story is different than my story, but it is important. And your story can influence people that will come in contact with you. The story of the love of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, of God, the restoration of God. How he has come and he has changed your life from inside out. That is your story and it is unique. And he wants to take that story and be broadcasted outside to those who you come in touch with. To those that you speak to, to those that you relate to, your family, your workplace, your colleagues, whatever that might be. That story is so important. And he wants to radiate his light through you. Because that is exactly the example that Daniel brings to you and to me. Now imagine for, for a moment, just for one second, such were the records of Daniel's life that this king Darius... He, he, out of all the people that he could, he could have chosen, he chose this Daniel. He looked into his life and he, and he, and he saw that this man was the right person to, to, to be promoted to the place of prime minister. What does that tell you? That tells me that there is no limit to what God can do with someone that says, here I am. <laughs> that, that is what he's telling me. That God can do anything with someone that says, Lord, here I am, send me. No, my will, but yours uh, be done. I mean, over 60 years, Daniel has been a light in the middle of a dark, dark uh, uh, place. He's been a, a light in there. He has been a voice of hope in times of despair. But also he has been a voice of truth and warning in times of chaos. All of this because from the beginning of his time in Babylon, Daniel did something, something key. And it was this. But Daniel resolved that he will not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow 
him not to defile himself. Daniel resolved in his heart. He made that conscious decision. He made that choice. He knew what he was doing. That he was going to serve God no matter what. That he was going to serve God where he was and live a life of faith where he was placed and in whatever he was doing. His faith, his trust in God was such that courageously he faced many, many opposition. And his faith in God brought him through. So let me ask you a question this morning. What made Daniel's faith thrive while in exile? What made Daniel's faith thrive while in exile? There are several things that we can uh, say, and, but I'm only going to touch briefly in, in just maybe three or four of them very briefly. The number one is this, is in verse 3. It says this, Then Daniel, or this Daniel, became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Did you hear that? So what was it? I believe number one it was this. Daniel had an excellent spirit. He's, he, he, he was able to thrive in Babylon because he had an excellent spirit. I mean, when, he, when you looked into his life, he, he was really good in what he did. He was excellent at work. He was indeed a man of great quality. From the, the day-to-day job that he was doing, he was brilliant. If, if you wanted something done and properly, Daniel was the man. Daniel was the man to go. He was of excellent, great quality. Very efficient in the way that he did things. Wow, what a testimony, isn't it? What a legacy to leave behind. That was Daniel. But the excellent spirit of, that Daniel had, it was, uh, it was much more than that. Think about, think, about his, for, think about Daniel for a moment. Daniel could have been a very bitter man. Right? I mean, if you know his life, he could have been taken away from, from his family, you know, from an, a very young age, away from his friends, away from his country, away from the things that he loved, away from the temple, away of all those things that he, you know, was growing up with. And all of a sudden, he just plant in this place where everything was new. And not just that, he was made to learn a new language, to learn new rules, to even dress differently, to even try and eat something different. So imagine just that. He could have been a very bitter man for all of that. He could have. And you know what? I would have blaming him. He had all, all the reasons to be bitter, right? But he, he, he chose not to. He didn't. Rather, what he did, he took that moment, he took that opportunity, he took that time and being an influence where he was. Bring something of the kingdom of God where he was. That is what he did. That is why Daniel had an excellent spirit. He saw it as an opportunity to influence. And as I say, to bring something of God where he was. Instead of bitterness and, and complaining about everything, 
He adapted, he adapted himself to where he was. He was honest, he was compassionate, and he was serving with diligence and integrity. That is why he had an excellent spirit. Daniel didn't exalt himself. If you read, especially the, the first five chapters of Daniel, he did not exalt himself or thought that he was someone else. Thought that he was really, really important, that he was better than anyone else in the kingdom because of the position that he was taking up. No, no, Daniel wasn't like that. He was humble. He had a teachable spirit, a teachable heart. He was consistent. He was dependable. He had a positive attitude towards others that even when they they weren't doing the right thing, he came alongside and spoke truth into their life and love. What is it that motivated Daniel to do that? His love for God. That is what motivated Daniel to live that way. When I think about that, what it comes to mind right away is the example of Jesus. Right? He came from heaven. He left his his, uh, throne of, of, of glory. He stepped down. He came to us. He walked this earth. He was a king and yet he came as a servant. Not to be served, but to serve. Right? I mean, look at that. That is exactly what Jesus did. Right? He walked and he saw the, the, the pain. He saw the, 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 the destruction that was going on. He was involved. He brought heaven to earth. Right? He brought heaven Word. How does these apply to you and to me? I believe that having an excellent spirit, it means to be anchored in Christ. To hold on to Christ and to Christ alone. That is the key that will bring you and me through trials and tough times in our lives. Jeremiah 29:11, we are reminded. Of this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That is that is the word of God. That is his plans for you and for me. We are to be anchored in Christ. Secondly, we are told that. Um, uh, Darius not only saw that Daniel had an excellent spirit, but he was, um, uh, 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 he was faithful. The very man that tried to discredit a Daniel couldn't find one thing. Now, I want you to, I want you to imagine these men. I mean, they really searched for, 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 uh, for Daniel. They really searched into his life. It was a mixture between CIA, MI5, and... Um, and what is the other one that I was thinking of? And, and uh, uh, Interpol. The three, the three together. The three combined. They, I mean, that, that, was the, you know, that, that was kind of, we really need to look for anything to discredit this man. The Bible says they found nothing. They found nothing. Verse 4, it says, Then the presidents and satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint. Or fault because he was faithful. So he was faithful. 
Why is it that they couldn't find anything? Because Daniel was faithful. He was trustworthy. There was no corruption in his life. There was, uh, there was nothing. Basically, Daniel was known in his life as a straight arrow. In everything that he, that, that he did, he was known as a straight arrow. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that Daniel did not compromise his values. He did not compromise who he was. He did not compromise what he believed in order to please those around him. That is who Daniel was. That is why he was faithful. Even if that choice, it meant for his life to be on the line. Why? Because his heart, his desire was to please God above all things and in everything. That is why Daniel was found faithful. You know what? For Daniel, it would have been very easy to go with the flow. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, I'm away from home. No one knows me here. I can do whatever I like. And nobody will know. So I can go with the flow. I mean, why would I upset the pie? Why would I rattle the cage? Why would I do that? No, Daniel was faithful because he loved the God who was with him and who was in charge of his life. So Daniel was faithful. How did Daniel, Daniel's faith thrive in, in exile? He was a man with an excellent spirit. He was a faithful man, but also he was a man of prayer. And we have very clear in verse 10 how he, after he heard the, 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 the law, he went straight into his house and he prayed. Someone say this, you cut Daniel's life wide open and what you will find, you will find prayer running through it. No matter what, his life was based on prayer. And it, did, it wasn't just at this moment, not just because it was at this time in his life, well, I'm 80 years old, so what can I do? No, 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 no. He's this, this prayer thing, as a man of prayer, it was from the beginning. It was something that, that he took on very seriously from day one. Right through, he prayed. Right through, he, he brought everything to the throne of grace. He didn't complain about it. He didn't went around talking about, oh, look what they have done. Look what they, you know, they have brought to me. Look what they have said now. No, no, he, he didn't do anything like that. He brought everything to the throne of grace. Why? Because he knew that the only place where he could find the strength, the only place where he could find the victory to face difficulty, to face whatever it was thrown at his face, it was a throne of grace. So he brought everything to the throne of grace in prayer. So yes, Daniel was a man of prayer. Someone say that the real battle, it wasn't in the, in the lion's den. The real battle, it took, it took place in his house. That is where the battle was. The lion's den was the victory. So Daniel was... A man of prayer. I believe that some way, somehow, Daniel got a revelation of what many, many years later, the Apostle Peter wrote when he said, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He knew something about this. He brought it to the throne of grace. He didn't talk about it, he prayed. 
He didn't go around, uh, you know, complaining. He prayed. He brought it to the throne of grace. And actually, it was prayer what took Daniel to the lion's den. Think about it. It was prayer what took him to the lion's den. Really, when you think about it, um, Daniel being delivered from the lion's den, it wasn't really the miracle, though that, that was a miracle. But follow my logic here. The greatest miracle was that he continued to pray even though that he knew his life was on the line. I believe that was the real miracle. I believe that was the real key for his life. Yes, Daniel, even though he believed and he trusted in God and he had faith in God that he's in control of everything, yet he ended up in the lion's den. Yes, he did. But let me tell you something this morning. Even though that he ended up in the lion's den, the lion of the tribe of Judah was working on his behalf. He was in the lion's den, but the lion of Judah was with him and working for him. I'm working with him. It was God the one who shut the mouth of the lions so that they did not harm his servant. Now consider this from the lion's point of view. Imagine to have a large meal in front of you and not being able to touch it. How frustrated that is. Right? In fact, I'd say, have they not taken Daniel away from the, from the lions then, those poor lions would have died of hunger because they, could, they couldn't touch Daniel. So I want to change something around here. It's been said that it was Daniel in the lions then, but I believe it was actually the opposite. It turns out, it turns out to be that the lions were in Daniel's then. God was acting for Daniel. What was the key? Verse 23. We don't have time to read that. But the key is Daniel trusted God. Daniel trusted God. That said, he trusted God 60 odd years beforehand. He kept trusting God and he was trusting God right here, right now. Trusting God was the theme in Daniel's life right through from the beginning till the end. He knew that he could trust God. Now let me bring this home. What lions are you facing today? What lions are you facing today? And I am not talking about lions from the zoo or lions from the, um, uh, from the jungle. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are, what are the lions, what are those things that are threatening your peace? What are those things that are, are taking away uh, your peace, that are challenging you? These lions that come to your face that are, are roaring at your face, and they do come in many different shapes and forms. What are they? 
What lions are right now roaring at you, bringing fear and intimidation and despair? It could be relational lions. It could be emotional lions, financial lions, physical lions, health problems. Let me encourage you today that the same God, I say this at the beginning, that the same God that delivered Daniel from the lions is the same God that is with you and can deliver you too. Let me tell you this. He may not always deliver you from the lions then, but he will rescue you in the lions then. He may not always deliver you from going into the lions then, but he will always deliver you in the lions then. At the end of this story, Daniel isn't the hero. It's his God. He is the hero. He is the hero. And the same God that was sovereign over Daniel's situation is sovereign over your life today because he changed not. So as we finished, there was this center piece in his life, center reason, I believe, why his faith was able to thrive in Babylon. And it was this, that even though Daniel lived in Babylon, even though that he was faithful in serving the, 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 the monarchy or whatever in Babylon, even though that he was involved in the life there and then, yet Daniel did not live for Babylon. He lived in there, but he didn't live for Babylon. His place, his life, his vision was for another city, was for another place, was for another kingdom. His eyes were... Somewhere else. His eyes like Abraham and those who came before him were in that heavenly city with foundation whose designer and builder is God. That is where he was fixed on. So for Daniel, it wasn't about the location. It was about the destination. You get that? It wasn't about where he was. It was about where he was going. That is why he was able to thrive. That is why he was able to, 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 to do what he did. It wasn't about where he was. It was about where he was going. It was about the, the final price, the, 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 the end price, Jesus Christ. That is why his eyes were fixed. So let me encourage you this morning. Let us have this mindset that though this is our current location, yet this is not our destination. Hallelujah. We may be here, right here, right now, but this is not our final destination. And as we are here, as we are passing by, let us just radiate the light of Jesus, broadcasting his love everywhere that we go. Because he is the only one who really matters in our life. And as we do that, let us remember this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured, this, who endured for, from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So can I finish with this? Keep running. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Because he has done it all. The same God that was with Daniel is also with you. The same God that rescued Daniel can rescue you as well. I'm going to invite the worship band if you could come up, please. And I want you to think about this uh, question for just a moment as we close, as as we bring this to an end. Um, what are your lions? Just think about that question for a moment. What what are your lions? What lions are roar, roaring right at your face? What is it that is coming against you? What is it that is really taking away your peace, that is trying to take away your focus? I have brought with me uh, different stones today. Oops. And I would like us to do something this morning, afternoon, as we close. And if you... There is something in your life that is holding you back, that is kind of pulling you back, that is, is weighty, that is just, you know, it's, so, it's, it's, it's too much. But I would like us to do something. As you are moved in your heart by the Spirit of God, if you want to respond, if you want to say, Lord, I, I want to bring this to you. Stones here, they will represent the lions, whatever it is your giant, your circumstance, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And simply just take one stone and bring it to the cross. Just bring it to the cross. Bring it to him. Let him deal with it. Let him take over. And let it be like Daniel. It wasn't Daniel in the lion's den. They were the lions in Daniel's den. Let us turn the whole thing around. So whatever you are, whatever, whatever circumstance you are going through, let's invite you to come, come to the cross.